0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two
1: months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies
2: Good morning, day Good morning, Tam Tam. How you doing?
3: I feel like I could play your sister now because I am blonde. Yeah. This is the first podcast that has happened. Do the drapes match? What are they curtains? What are they called? <laughs> <laughs> Do the curtains match
2: the drapes? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that's a no.
3: <laughs> I, um. Yes, but I like being a blonde. I feel like you get way more attention. Yes, I, I, think- I like feel like I want more attention, but it's nice to have more attention.
2: <laughs> yes, you can get away. I feel like you can always get away with more. That's why I went blonde in high school. Cause I was like, well, I feel like I can kind of like, you know, when you're blonde, you can kind of yeah. almost use it as an excuse. You know, you're like, well, you know, and kind of maybe be a little <laughs> Like, ex- well, I didn't pass the science <laughs> test. <laughs> I'm like, you know? what excuse are you using it, for, Roxy? <laughs> oh my God, I guess my blonde excuses have now run out. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And you're smart. Like when I first met you, I was like, cause you're a, what major, what what did you major in?
2: I am a communications major from the university of Southern California.
3: I know you're smart and you know, everything about politics. Cause when I was getting my citizenship, I was like, you know, I, I had to know everything about everything about America and, you know, You knew all the dates and you knew all the things and you were the only one of out of all of our friends.
2: So he's not just a blonde pretty face, my friends. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. That was fun when we'd run like little pop quizzes when you were like I know, I was like, like, help me out. out. (laughs) But it's really hard because it's like multiple
3: choice, but they make it so difficult like when you know, when was America founded? And then it will be like off by like one day. And I'm like, this is BS. This isn't like a multiple choice, like, oh, I can just wing it. You really need to know what you're like. If you want to be a citizen, you really need to know when it were, when when America was founded and by who.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know, right? They're pretty strict about it, but does it really? Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. For a to be a good citizen, do you really need to know the exact date of everything? No, you do not, but but I
3: feel like they want you to have some kind of like an understanding, but also take it on as your home and to feel like you're really part of America. So, you know, I would kind of be pissed if I let someone into my home and they like knew nothing about me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like it's, if you're gonna live here, you've got to know some of the basics. Um, but it's weird because we're now in Tennessee and like my daughter's learning about like how long the, 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 main Tennessee river is. And that's not what I learned. I learned about like, you know, um, captain cook and him founding Australia and all the States. So it's just like a different education, you know? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm a half American. I'm a, I'm a 50,
2: 50, <laughs> I love it. You're like, I can put on my Australia hat at any time. I know. I've got a dual. Are you dual?
3: Are you dual passport? No,
2: I wish I could be, but no, unfortunately it's just the one, but my sister lives in Spain, you know, in Barcelona. And um, she has now they're getting like a dual passport because she's going to have EU and then United States, which will make travel a lot easier, you know? And will you live there? I would live there. I would live there in a second. Like how nice. Limoncello for breakfast. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Little limoncello, little like tapas for lunch. I mean, like it's
3: part of the culture. (laughs) It's part of the culture to drink when you wake up in the morning at seven.
2: (laughs) Exactly, and then for some reason you can eat as much as you want on vacation, and you're walking so much, and I feel like
3: that's what they say.
2: That's That's what what they say. say. I don't know if it's necessarily (laughs) true,
3: but we can ask our next guest if it's true. If she she eats all the pasta, she can, you know, (laughs) and if she's ever done an eat, pray, love. I've always wanted to do an eat, pray, love. Go to Italy and just eat all the pasta and just pretend that I have to reevaluate my life <laughs> even though I don't like I'm pretty happy but uh maybe one day so who do we have next Roxy Stock?
2: well we are so excited to welcome this next woman to our podcast we've been talking to her for a little while she a lot of people know her from her time as as a child star like growing up in front of the camera she was one of the stars of Kim Possible even Steven she's had like Lots and lots of amazing projects and she has now grown up and she is a mom also and a wife and a mm-hmm. podcaster and an author and an influencer. You a YouTuber? Content- oh my Lord. I, I, <laughs> she doesn't have
3: enough space in her bio in her um instagram because you know how have to say like all the <laughs> things that you do uh, and just, just, you kind of run out of space it says you have three letters left and you're like oh shit which one's more important is the podcaster or is the yeah. youtube more important so you gotta really figure that out in your bio so many that it doesn't even probably fit
2: great right? so without yeah. further ado we need to welcome christy carlson romano oh. Woo! Woo! Yay. Girl time. I love so this. Weird. I feel
3: like, when did I see, oh, I met you in Austin. That's right. We, we, no, we
0: texted though. We were going we to, we, we
3: texted were, for a while. It was
0: still when everything was closed down. I think you yeah. guys were, you know, we were really trying to figure it out. And I, I'm so glad that we're doing this right now. And I'm so glad to meet Roxy and I love your podcast. So thanks for having me on. I'm really impressed
3: with your follow through, by the way. I don't think I've ever told you that. No, you reached out to me, I think a year and a half, like in the pandemic, a year and a half ago, because yes. um, I, I was going to do something on your YouTube and oh, you yeah. were so good about follow-up. And then the pandemic, <laughs> <and> everything <laughs> shut down. But like, okay. I have ADHD. So I do this thing where I'm like, this is a great idea. And I'll like message someone and email them and then they'll respond. And then I'll be like, uh, I don't know, I'm just too overwhelmed. And then I'll never respond <laughs> back and all the opportunities I've missed because I just get too overwhelmed. But yeah. you're really good. Like you're tenacious. Like, Ooh, you just keep going. I stalk
0: people. I seriously stalk people. And that goes that goes for when I found out that, you know, Tamman was in Austin because. Um, I, I, there was a lot of actresses that moved here during pandemic, uh, Haley Duff, Jamie Lynn, Sigler, um, Odette, Annabelle, um, and then Tammin. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I love Tammin. She's such a vibe. I love her, you know, content (laughs) and I, you know, right. And I was like, I need cool mom friends. And it's, (laughs) and it, and it's honestly like one of those things where I like, I have a special place in my heart though, specifically, for working with, collaborating, supporting, lifting up like people like you and Roxy. And it's like, there needs to be space for people like us to be able to collaborate. And I, so I do think that I tend to be a little biased when it comes to wanting to continually try to align myself yes. um, and also stalk. Yeah, I stalk. It works.
1: <laughs> here we are, <laughs>
0: here we are. Yeah. I wore you down. But no, I and know. also, by the way, guys, I, agree with you hundred percent about this blonde thing um i just got a brown rinse on my hair because i am addicted to tiktok and what i realized was there's a brunette like wave of happening you know right now like there's this like really warm brunette but i know it's going to cycle out really fast and so (laughs) and i think they call it like back to school brown Right where it's like interesting, <laughs> and I know our seasons are different. Like, oh, so you I'm are him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ban this content creation game. I got no. See, I had the side part now, and I just flipped it over to the, the middle. It's like yeah, yeah, no I'm
2: gonna so get that's canceled it. for but my that's my part like, placement. Roots are real. I mean, look at this. Like it, it's like that's <laughs> the one problem with the blonde is you have to upkeep it. Like. Yes, or else then looked like roots start coming out. And it's like, you can kind of play the roots game. I think for a little, yeah, bit. this is a roots game. Like, it's called a bronze. Can... It's yeah. called a bronze. And I think
0: that's what came from like the people having to, it's so expensive to keep up that blonde too, I'd imagine. And just a lot of maintenance. With oh, I was sure.
3: just like, cause they, cause, cause this is how it went down. They said, um, so I'm driving my kid to school. um, Cause we haven't talked about it on the podcast. I was like driving my kid just to, to, to dance lessons. And I get this text from my <laughs> agent which is, this is my life. Like everything is just cruising along normally. And she texts me like, what are you doing on Thursday? Oh no. And I'm like, well, today's- I, know where like, this- I go, I, go, um, I think um- it's my daughter's swim team training. Like, I don't know. And she goes, well, you're going to Atlanta. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? And she's going, she goes, you've been offered a movie. Um, and so you're going to Atlanta. And I was like, wait a second. I'm like, what's happening. And she's like, I'm sending you the script. If you like it, you, you've got it. Read the script, loved it. It's actually a character I've never done before. It's based on a true story about this woman who goes back and takes over her child's identity and like, tries to like, it's a whole thing. I don't even know if I'm about to say that, but I just did. And they said, <laughs> so I blocked the contract. Right. And then she goes, Oh, so tomorrow you're going to go blonde. And I went, wait, I go, wait, what? And she goes, you have to be blonde for this role. And I said, Slight detail
1: (laughs) that you (laughs) miss.
3: And I don't feel comfortable with it. I said, I don't want to go blonde. I said, I've been blonde many times. It's a terrible thing for me. Like after three months, my hair falls off. I said, I'm not going blonde. I said we can wear wigs. So he starts singing all these Kim Kardashian (laughs) wigs. And she writes back, can't do a wig. If you won't go blonde, then you don't get the movie. And it was like this moment, I went into my husband and I went like, what do I do? And he said, well, are you an actress or are you worried about your hair? Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, I hate you. And I was like, (laughs) okay. I was like, I'm going to go blonde, but it has to be the best, the best, the best. And I found someone amazing who just like, I feel like God, the universe just aligned and she did not ruin my hair as of now. We're okay. That's
0: great. Yeah, But
3: it was just something that like happened completely out of nowhere. And that is the nature of this business that people don't really realize is that like, you're going along your normal life and that's, you have to constantly, this is what I realized too, because I always think I'm never going to work again. Mm. You can't think like that. You got to think I always have to be prepared. Mm. I always have to be prepared that I'm about to jump set. I always have to be prepared physically, emotionally, mentally, I have to be prepared for anything to happen.
0: Well, and also too, um, it's, I think what happens, especially like we were we were talking a little bit before about how and I don't know if we can you know cut this out I guess but like you weren't working for Ever. a little bit yeah <laughs> keep
1: it all <laughs> in all the secrets <laughs> okay. so
0: like there was a couple there was a couple years where you were busy it was COVID kids many, you were traveling years. three years three and a half years I didn't work and that's the thing it's, it's actually been like for me a lot longer than that and uh there was a time when it really wasn't something that I was proud of and 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 I was really struggling with it and you know, for a long time, I was like changing hair colors too. I went red, I went platinum, I went black. It was like this weird time in my life where I thought if I just like changed the hair color, mm-hmm. I would be perceived differently. When in, in fact, it really is like you're saying, be prepared, be available. And so I think for me, as just like a TMI and an overshare, I was prepared for so long in my life as a child actor that I felt like yeah. I missed a lot of living. So. And it, and, and so, yeah. And so, also, too, what I think, when we hear, well, it's not only is it Friday, but you don't have a choice and you need to do X, Y, and Z. It doesn't, it's not about the hair. It's about bodily agency. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, that's, that's at least for me and my experience, it's like, you know, well, shit, okay, I'll do it. But it's gotta be on my terms. You know, like I want to find my way into this character. Like I can still act the shit out of this character. Mm -hmm. Even if I have a darker hair, why can't they just take me, you know, as that, as I am, but I get it. I hear your side for sure.
2: It's interesting too. Cause like when you're having to make split decisions like that, that you're not prepared for, it's almost like a lesson in like letting go of control. Right. It's like, Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. And that is like really hard because it's like, you have your set, you know, day to day, like what you're doing with your kids, with your husband or partner or whoever, yes. like, you know, and you really have to like, let control, like let go of control and just go with it, which is like, so scary in and of itself, not even just for actors, but just like in life, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's interesting though, cause it's kind of, it's kind of a good thing in a way to kind of, yeah. it's like a check almost, you know, it's like, it doesn't okay. feel good while it happens though. I was gonna no. say you have
1: to
0: be in the right mental state. So Tam, and how are you doing with all that then? Cause like you're no, I didn't even
3: t- I didn't even tell you that like, I also have to be like a professional dancer in this. And dancing with the I cannon. haven't I haven't danced in a decade and like uh, yes I can dance yeah, absolutely like you were saying on your TikTok you haven't sung for so long so imagine okay. like you haven't sung for so long and all of a sudden you're doing a fucking musical and you're like oh, wait sung. a second I'm not even like my body I have I'm going to show you like I put cuts and bruises oh. all over my knees you're ready for I dancing with the stars up. yeah <laughs> I even thought that I was like well I could do dancing with the stars I have a yeah. heat pack on my back right now um And then I looked at myself, I I was telling Roxy, that's why I was like for this podcast, I was in dance rehearsals for five hours. But I looked at, I looked in the mirror the other day and I was like, I'm like in my late thirties and I can, I'm not as good as these professional dancers behind me, but I'm keeping up. And I really, there was a split moment where I was like, I just want to run towards fear and say no, Mm. because I'm petrified of like, going to these dance lessons and people thinking I'm a joke or myself, or just feeling like I just am not, I can't do it. And Mm -hmm. I looked in the mirror and I was doing one of these huge big moves. And I was like, just for that split second. And I never, I never do this. I always talk negatively rather positively, but I was like, good job, Taman. Like, and I was like, your daughter's gonna be really proud of you too.
1: And like, that was a big moment
3: for me. That was a huge moment where I was like, I chose to positively, positively reinforce Mm
1: -hmm.
3: myself rather than negatively put myself down. Did that just happen?
0: Yeah. Oh, it was was like, that that wasn't today. It was like three days ago. (laughs) It wasn't too long Uh, ago. I was going to say, yay, that's
1: amazing.
2: Yeah, but that's a big step, you know? Like that's a big step to kind of like let go because we've had, you know, these experts on like Dr. Daniel Amen, who's like, let go of the automatic negative thoughts, you know? And that's also hard to do. To like, be able to just like stand in your truth and like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, great job. You yeah, know? dude,
0: we're really, really programmed to hate ourselves. Yes. Yes. What the fuck is that? Can I cuss on this
3: podcast?
2: Oh, you can.
3: (laughs) There's this amazing book. I I tell Roxy about, I just sent it to her and I'm telling everyone on the show who everyone who listens to the show, it's called big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote you pray love. This is her book about creativity and finding your creative creativity before she wrote that book. And she said, like, you know, you get into your, when you're in your twenties and thirties, you think everyone's thinking about you. And then when you get into your forties, your fifties, you go, they never were. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into your sixties, you go, wait, I wasted all that time thinking about all these other people that were only worried about themselves. It's your own race. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, it. and the older I get, and I'm not in my forties yet, but I'm getting there. I just hope that it's, it's starting to be more about me enjoying my life rather than giving a shit about what people think about me. Cause I don't, I mean, I'm, I really don't, care if people like me anymore
2: mm-hmm. that's a big step you know
3: yeah
0: that is and especially when you are creating content like you are mm-hmm. i think that y- y- it's hard to to to. actually it only serves your authenticity right where you're like yeah this is who i am because then i think what it is i spoke to somebody on on my podcast jasmine Starr. you guys should have her on she's so amazing so inspirational she's a you know a content extraordinaire, you know, kind of like Jules Solomon or someone like that. Mm -hmm. And so Jasmine's amazing in her own right. And she was just like, I want to push the people that aren't aligned with me super far away Mm -hmm. so that the people that get me find me Mm because that algorithm is like, you know, against you. And I, and I always see like, and I remember now Tamman and I, the reason why we really did get first connected was a giveaway and she That's was killing true. it dude Taman was killing it with these giveaways i don't crying. know Someone was like this is how you get more
3: like-minded people and i was like you just band with people that are all kind of in the same realm as you you all put in five hundred dollars so two thousand dollars worth of gifts and you just get more people that can find you because if you don't have a connection or a calm line they call it then you can't you can't get from a to b if you don't have the so right smart. people there
0: I was, I was super impressed with your, your just your ingenuity in that way and then your follow through on those giveaways was really impressive too so I was uh, that was my first impression of you so that's how I felt but right and Roxy I have we I feel like you look so familiar to me. Have I we met like, on a red
2: carpet or something? I think so. I think okay. so. I mean, because also when I was looking at you, I'm like, I know, I feel like I've talked to her before. I'll oh, after... your
0: voice, your face, like everything. I was like, I know this yes, girl. Yes, girl. Besties in a past life, I
2: guess. Yes, we are all connected for sure. I love it. You know, I, love I was going to say too, like what you guys, what do you guys think about this about like sort of the energy that you're putting out there? Because I noticed. You know, I had a work event last night and I sort of went into it like in my mind as a, like instead of being like thinking about the negative that could happen. It's like, you know what? I'm going to put forth like a positive vibe. I'm going to like have the best time like this mm. and that. And all of a sudden, one by one, things started happening. Like I talked to this guy that we want to come on our podcast. He said, absolutely. Like a great, amazing, big guest. And then somebody else came up to me and was like talking to me about a future work project it was like all the things started aligning wow. and happening one after the other and I swear to god it. I feel like it was like just changing like the energy like going in mm. there and making it a different experience and just like talking to people and being like oh yeah we should do this and we should do that and like connecting so do you guys believe in that do you think it is like kind of the energy too
0: I think it's intention setting. It seems mm-hmm. like intention setting because I, I feel like toxic positivity really ruled our generation. Like when the secret came out, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not like and granted, manifesting is real positivity, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Like it, I'm getting to that. But I think the toxic positivity where you can't even deal with your trauma because what you're being yeah. quote unquote negative. It's like there's a there's a space for that healing and understanding. But then I I, I think intention setting, and I think I heard Oprah saying something about that recently. It was like, yeah, you know, if you're going to a work event or, you know, something that you need the energy to kind of put out there to find like energy, mm. if you set in a positive intention, then I think maybe that will, that would help me probably en- enter into conversations that I would otherwise kind of cave into myself you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And like not I always be think
3: though that there's, you know, I agree. Toxic positivity. My husband's dad just passed away. And, um, it's very easy to be like, well, you had good time with him and he was all, you know, mm-hmm. but you have to also let someone mourn and go through grief. And even if they're struggling, just sometimes ask them, like, what do you need from me? Um, and I also agree with, there's always like when, I, when we have fights and we don't, Look at it in this way where there's a problem in the middle, mm-hmm. and we step outside of the problem and we go, Okay, so what are the solutions around this problem? We kind of just get enmeshed and start like fighting against each other, even though we're fighting for the same thing. Right. So, I really believe that like looking at the world, and it's only been recently because I decided to just stop being negative. <laughs> like, I just decided, <laughs> and you know, sometimes people go, Oh, it's just, it's actually not hard. It's actually not hard to stop being negative. It just takes practice, but it's not hard. You can actually wake up and go, uh, oh God, I've got, to, so tomorrow I'm like, I'm going to be on set for 16 hours. I'm going to be like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I can't believe I've got 16 hours. Or I can just be like, I'm really grateful I get to work this five years that I didn't get to work four years. And yeah. and I'm just going to enjoy this moment because what else am I going to be doing? And it starts to feed into itself and you you begin to have a better day. And I just don't feel like it's hard to be positive. I mean, I do believe that depression and I do, but I think that even in a depressive state, when you can keep changing those thoughts, you actually change the environment around you, you know?
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's almost like changing those thoughts, it's, it's aligned with setting the intention for what, even if you, it's like acting as if you're like, I am depressed because I definitely have my days. And so it's yeah. one of those things where you're like, okay, if I just project that, you know, the day could go better than I feel, then maybe exactly. it will actually
2: probably yeah. surprise you. I know we should all have like a chain every morning and say something (laughs) positive affirmations. I'm gonna come on. I think they work.
3: What's your favorite
0: affirmation right now, guys?
2: Gosh,
3: before I go to bed. So my kids have done affirmations since they were two. So my one daughter's done them for seven years, and my other's done them for two years. Um, we always say before we go to bed. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm unique. I'm intelligent. I am me. And then Phoenix says, I'm the firebird. And Lennon says, I'm the legend.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> How, <laughs> How cute God, is yeah. that?
3: That's
2: so cute.
3: How did they come up with those? I, I made it when Phoenix was two, I made that up. And then okay. it's just been, a. we say it every night. We do not go to bed without saying it. And, um, I think one day when they get older, something will happen. And then they will be triggered back to that moment and i hope that that will give them some kind of feeling of empowerment Mm -hmm.
2: yeah we do um affirmations also with my daughter at night i but i want to start doing it like for myself you know like i want to sit there and say you know i am strong i'm beautiful i'm powerful like You know, I'm respected and just kind of go down the line. But I feel like I don't, I do it for her, but like I don't do it for myself, you know? And like maybe that's a thing. Maybe like in the mornings now when I wake up, I'll say, you know, something to that effect and just have that like, positive energy, you know, starting right away. But the bad thing is that what I do is I pick up my phone first thing when I wake up. Yes. Which is not good. Not good. You know, and you hear stories. I mean, I, I think it's like Richard Branson or somebody like, all of these people, like, they don't pick up their phone the first thing in the morning, they sit yeah, like
0: 30 minutes or
2: something, right?
0: Yes. 30 minutes before you go to bed. And-
2: yes, they like meditate and they like have a moment, like, they like- don't have kids. <laughs> no,
0: I was gonna say, I don't have fucking time to do that. My kid, I'm like, up people 13.
3: I get up at six and make my coffee and drink my juice and go for a walk oh, these
0: bitches. I, I wake up and go, get your clothes on. We're late. Let's go.
2: Yeah. You want waffles? Yeah. The morning. Waffles. Is- he has a Z bar.
1: Yeah.
2: The mornings are always such a shit show. No, it's oh, like no God. matter how shit early. Show. Yeah, early we try to wake up, try to get out the door. Like we're always late. Like it's just always- things aren't coming together, right? Like she can't like, she changes her mind about what she wants to wear or like ah. something that always happens. It's like, I, know.
0: I go into this mom mode with my girls now. So, um, cause I am generally really tired. The three-year-old is really regressed. And so she's waking up at like three 30 in the morning, like on the effing dot. Mm-hmm. And she won't go back down because you know, it was a nightmare or she's got gas or this or that. <laughs> so it, she'll go back down at like five. And so, and of course, like I've always been the nighttime person because my husband has like IBS or whatever and says he can't do nights, and I'm like, whatever, I'm You're not keeping same. score. <laughs> That's uh, a creative
2: excuse, though. I haven't I, know, that one for IBS.
0: <laughs> I have leveraged. I have leveraged it, but but only as a white witch. Like I haven't done like you know. You dark... say
3: IBS like irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, so no, he he was in the military. He like took the anthrax vaccine. He's got a lot of things that I think internally are. Are going on, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, sleep early. (laughs) (laughs) He has to sleep a full amount of time, and so yeah. So if he wakes up and his in his, so he'll go into an attack. Like legitimately, he's been hospitalized. And so granted, granted though, I think like he's on some medications for some of it, but it's like otherwise, it's kind of like a mind gut thing. And so with all respect to that, I still have to wake up, and then I still have to, you know, prep them for the morning. I want to take them since I am blessed enough to have childcare in my afternoons, it's like, I wanna take them. I wanna get them up and I wanna take them to school and not feel guilty about it later, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, but basically the girls will get to a place where they just turn into little bees and they, nothing is right. Like, and it's of course the moment when we really timed out, need to leave to get to school. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go into mom and I'm like, all right, get in the car, that's it. And I just become a totally different mom. <laughs> I know. I get so mad at myself because
3: I'm like, this is what happens before bed. I'm so nice. We like, we do the things and we read the books and I'm like, love, you're love, like love, hallmark love, mommy. And I'm like, beautiful, beautiful. And then we always have this like 30 minutes before we love to watch like a reality show. Like, uh, do my house, like makeover in a day or like, <laughs> Uh, the, the, the tattoo, you know, when they do the tattoos and they change the tattoos, like fix my tattoo or like the makeup show. We always do like 30 minutes. The baby doesn't fully understand. She's like, I hate this. I want profit girl. But the nine year old, like, it's like we bond, we eat chocolate chips. It's beautiful. But then they start to push it. And then I start to turn into mean mommy. And I look at them and I say, you're turning me into mean mommy. Look how lovely mommy has been for two hours. Now I'm, t- you're doing this. And then I hear myself blaming them. And then she gets into bed and she's like, but mom, and I'm like, the, she's like, I want the light on. I'm like, the light's on. Like, it's fine. And she's like, there's a monster this doesn't make logical sense, Phoenix. There's no monster gonna come up and go past your bed into the other room and then turn the light on. It's not realistic. Just like, I
1: want I want my other mom back. Oh no, my we are the <laughs> I know, same. We're I'm all like the same. Until
3: and then I'm like, no more.
2: I'm done.
0: No, so done. hard, dude. It's so I'm such hard. a pushover. Roxy, how are you doing? <laughs>
2: god sometimes I'm like if I'm too fucking tired I'm just like fine you can have like five more minutes or 10 I would say five minutes yeah and then that that five minutes like half an hour you know it's yeah, like it's the worst it spirals out but I notice, like I don't know if this is maybe the age or whatever like at eight years old she's now trying to like knock out a bed ever you know like she's like whatever she can do to stay awake and it's like I tell her, I'm like, in the morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to be exhausted. And right, sure enough, that's exactly what happens. And it's like, mm-hmm. for some reason, she just doesn't, you know, like, she's not, I don't know, taking that information in or what have you. It's like, I'm like, listen to your mom. Okay. <laughs> we, don't,
3: we don't like to go to sleep. Like I sit there and actually get sleep anxiety where I want to keep looking at my phone because it's giving me all this dopamine. And I'm like, oh, well, the things I could be oh. doing. And then I also freak out, you know, Roxy about death when I like just at nighttime time, never during the day. Like we have to talk about death all day long until it just before bed. And then I start to like ruminate on it. And then if I'm looking at my phone, I'm not thinking about death. But then the minute I'm off my phone, then I have that spot between like I'm not looking at anything and I'm about to go to sleep. And it's just like 30-minute death talk in my head. And then I finally pass out. But it's like that 30 minutes I'm
0: trying to not deal with. Maybe I got to, I got to, I got to solve, maybe do true crime podcasts.
3: I do that too. You I do.
0: I was going to say to yeah. go to bed too. Cause then you're talking about death, but like in a, contra- in a, contra- and then I definitely
2: think I'm going <laughs> to die. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't make the mistake of what I did. I watched Dahmer, you know, on Netflix oh, yeah. God. before bed, like for the last, you know, week and a half people are inappropriate people are like uh they're like standing
0: um uh what's his name the actor yeah evan um,
2: peters evan, evan peters
0: because i guess there's some like sexy like scenes of him sweaty and muscly mm-hmm. and there's a lot of actually queer creators who mm-hmm. are taking to tiktok and being like oh my gosh like all he can kill me if he wants and it's like guys yeah.
3: like oh, the, the, family, guys, the whole thing i find it hard to watch that show because it's very difficult to make the lead character empathetic. And it's really hard to watch an entire show where you don't empathize with the lead at all. Like there's no no hero's journey. There's no redemption. It's like you murder, you eat people. How do you, I know it's a story and we can watch how it unfolds, but you can't really care about the character. And when you don't care about the character, I find out the episodes like I don't care. I, I don't I, I'm just done I'm done. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. I that makes like, sense. I thought it was interesting though how he played it because it was, I mean, obviously you hated what he did and you hated like all the things and like how he tortured and killed people and like you feel so much for the victims, but there mm-hmm. is like a shred. I don't know how he did it, but like there is a shred. I, I wouldn't say I didn't feel sorry for him, but like. I kind of saw because they show his background, like how he grew up and stuff like that. You understand why it happened. Yes, like you kind of understand like why it happened. And I think Evan Peters, like he was good casting for it because Mm -hmm. he's not so like, I don't know what the word is, but he's just like, there is something kind of soft about him a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it kind of worked in a weird way. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Evan Peters is very talented. And I mean, I think Ryan Murphy and that whole camp, yes. They they find their muses and then they like cool. use them and they put them in yeah. very drastically different roles, which mm-hmm. is like why I think so many people want to work with them as actors and Evan I remember when Evan Peters I remember he was in that uh Freak Show season and he yes, had these weird H.S. Yeah, those yeah. flipper those flipper <laughs> fingers his handicap I guess and and it was like um really interesting to watch him as a young talent and i was like oh this kid's going to do stuff and and sure enough i mean you know and ryan murphy and the team i feel like they they have been trying to find projects where they can address like queer issues mm-hmm. and so i think like this is something that's affecting not only the queer issues but also the african american community mm-hmm. and and so i think they're trying to unpack all that but i but i do agree it's like i i don't even want to watch that show and I'm not sure if this is off-topic from your podcast. Oh no, we talk about
3: it all, my friend. Okay, yeah.
0: that's amazing. <laughs> um, I don't want to watch it because um, I, I've been seeing that you know the survivors are very you know mm. are asking people not to. Um, mm. but I mean, look, if you watched it, you watched it, and I've watched I've watched two episodes, and my husband was really interested in it. But mm. I think since I wasn't so interested in it in those two episodes, it might have been that 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 undercurrent of that likability you were talking about, Taylor. Mm
3: -hmm. They're fetishizing death. And if I had a family member who was murdered in that way, it's just a consistent traumatic experience that gets relived over and over again. And in some way, when someone you love dies, you want to value their life and protect their life and put it, it like have it Mm-hmm. In your own world, like not in everyone else's, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's sacred to you.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: to kind of make it entertainment would be really d- difficult if that was a loved one of mine. Mm-hmm.
2: you know, what might be nice. And I don't know, they might already be doing this. I don't know. But if the, you know, like Ryan Murphy and, and that whole production team maybe made like a donation to the mm, victim's yeah. families or like the, the very fund, least. right. Yeah. At the very least, yeah. like just yeah. to kind of like help them out and show like good faith and all right. of that. But I think right. for me, like I'm a little bit dark and um, you guys tell me if you like this kind of stuff, too. I have a little bit of a dark side because I wrote my junior year term paper in high school on serial killers. So Jeffrey nice. Dahmer was one of the people. Oh, then you have an in, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was yeah. kind of that too. I was kind of curious. I'm like, did the show kind of remain true to like the story of what actually happened? Cause I think sometimes shows can kind of go off and of course, sometimes yeah. it works, you know, if they go off in a creative direction and it's not exactly the same, but they pretty much stuck to the story. It looks like that's good. Um, that's yeah. good that
0: they didn't embellish, but and also too, um, the Marilyn movie, I have not seen that as well, so I could get dragged for not seeing it, but I'm almost, I'm almost the same thing out of respect. Mm. I'm kind of like, yeah, it's fetishizing that female, female pain, pain and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Like 60% of serial killers are Geminis.
0: What? What? I, it. No. My sister, I looked at the list, so well, I, I took a
3: screenshot of the list. I found this on through TikTok, and I will send it to you guys. What? My star sign is not there because Leos are way too preoccupied with looking at themselves in the <laughs> mirror
2: <laughs> um, and being
3: like, "I don't want blood on my new hair." Um, but there's <laughs> three star hair. signs that Ooh. literally make up almost a hundred percent of the top twenty to thirty uh, uh, serial killers. Three signs.
2: So it's Gemini, and what are the other two? It's two more. I think it's Virgo. Let me look. Oh, Let me I could see
0: definitely see Virgo. No offense. I could see Virgo <laughs> and I could see Scorpio. I know. It's oh, funny because then there was another one
3: that said the most liked star signs. Number one is Aries. I've never not liked an Aries. Mm-hmm. And a Sagittarius, which is my dad. I've never not liked a Sag. And Leo's a third. And I was like, yeah. And Scorpios that. are last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a and I love series. Scorpios. I love Scorpios, but they always. They always sting me, always. Like I love them, but but I have really great relationships with them and then they they hurt me and then I just walk away, always.
0: Pisces and um, Leos are supposed to get along really well, like compatible for for love, but I never dated a Leo.
2: Yeah. I never dated a Leo. How about you, Roxy? So for me, so I'm an Aquarius. Oh yeah, I love Hmm. Aquarius. Oh, good. Yay. We're kind of spacey a little bit, but you know, (laughs) not very practical. Um, But my husband is a Sagittarius. So I think those go together like pretty well, just in general. Um, I have had boyfriends though, in the past one was like a Capricorn, which I'm like, I married a
1: Capricorn.
3: Oh, is Sean a (laughs) Capricorn? Oh yeah.
1: And it's really,
3: it's really, I don't know why we've lasted 15 years, but then I do because (laughs) because he's very stable for me and okay. I'm a very big fire. Like if I had someone else who was like, if I was like, the other day I was like, we should go to Milan. There's like cheap tickets. If I had someone who was like, yeah, let's go to Milan. Like we would get nothing done. They would like <laughs> the children. <laughs> so he's just very grounded. He's very loyal. Um, he's actually very funny, which mm-hmm. you know, I know what saying, which I need. And I think that's the reason why we've stayed together. Like I need that base. That's
2: so cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So so And what are you, Christy? You're Pis- I'm sorry.
0: So yeah. So I'm a Pisces. Okay. I'm an i I'm an Aries and I'm a Pisces Aries cusp because okay. I'm March 20th. I'm the last day of Pisces, but I'm very much a cusper. And then I'm um <laughs> I'm a Gemini rising. I don't know why. I don't know why people would look at me and think I'm a Gemini, but I'm a Taurus moon. Which means that's kind okay. of like what I actually am. Okay. And behind closed doors is, a, I guess, you know, cool. I guess I'm more rooted in the visual. <laughs> um, I have a daughter and a husband who are an Aquarius, <gasps> and I have a mother-in-law and another child who are Capricorns. See, I have a Capricorn
3: child too.
2: I have a, I have a Cancer child, and she's like uber sensitive. Oh. Libra like.
3: child who's just oh my god.
0: I'm glad <laughs> I don't have a Pisces child.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or a Scorpio child, I'll be like, oh, probably
0: oh that would be God. hard. That yeah, be, but if someone second...
3: tells me they're a
0: Scorpio too,
3: and like I'm really having a good vibe, and we're chatting, I'm like, oh, I could totally be your friend. And then they say that they're a Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, it never mind. Any, I know it can't go any further. You got to do a TikTok about that, Taman. I <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> I can't because I've been burnt seven times and it's the same star sign.
0: That is so crazy. I've been burnt twice by Scorpios, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're <just> like, yeah. <laughs> Whoever's <laughs>
3: listening to this is a Scorpio. Is like
0: unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I do want to. I do want to pretend, or at least think that the environment that somebody's growing growing up in, and the inspirations of people in their life, can 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 kind of change them. Kind of like the way that your husband <laughs> can kind of help you, or that they're rising and they're you know whatever's might. Because t- some astrologers would tell you that that really does affect compatibility yeah. too, mm. but yeah. When
3: people don't believe in that, I'm like, I believe kind of, I, I, I believe in it all. I believe yeah. I've been to Jerusalem, I saw where Jesus walked, I believe in that, I believe in a God, I believe in manifestation, I believe in Buddhism, I believe yeah. in the planets aligning. I kind of like, why is one person right and one person wrong? I think it's just Chinese whispers and I think it's kind of all true.
2: Mm. I think so. I yeah, can I think see that. You can take something from every sort of like belief system or religion or spirituality and you can kind of like make it your own you know like you're saying it's like why does it have to be always like one or the other or like if you follow this you can't follow that you know it's like yeah. that's the thing and I think Buddhism you technically like the principles of Buddhism now I'm not a Buddhism, Buddhism expert but I believe that like that's more of a way of like your spirituality and living and that a lot of people are like Christian or Jewish but also Buddhist you know it's like so you can Mm -hmm. kind of um you know apply both to your life but I'm I'm also a believer in that I'm like we should be able to take what we want and what we believe and like put it together and you know live
1: Mm.
2: you guys agree that's beautiful oh beautiful
0: yeah no absolutely I used to think that there I used to be very binary, and as of late, I've kind of realized it. You know, good, bad, right? And yeah. but then when you think about it, people can manipulate what is good, what is bad, and it's and it, and it's become very. Um, I've been starting to really understand this concept of inclusion, intersectional feminism, like bigger, bigger, especially living in Texas, which Tamman, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I have two daughters, I live in Texas, and it's like okay. Like, how do we try to see the world from more than two angles, mm-hmm. you know, more than two parties? Like, how can we be centered? How can we all sort of work together, um, and have like rational collective thought, collective consciousness. And it just feels like the right time to kind of think that way, because it's like, you know, sometimes some days, uh, for us moms who've survived having children during the pandemic, it's like critical mass, you know, it's like, there's so much to think about, like before you go to sleep. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to find that centered thought. And I do think that, you know, s- those elements of Buddhism definitely have a really great application for centered thinking and, and, and sort of being in touch with your higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could go a million ways.
1: <laughs> in The last <laughs> few
3: years I grew up Christian In the last few years, I feel like Christianity was tainted for me, you know, seeing, some of the belief systems and and they weren't based in what i believe christianity is based in which is love and acceptance and even if your belief isn't the same as someone else's we are taught through the bible to love and accept all people and it just got really dark and dirty and it felt really negative and sad for me. And it just kind of made me take a step back from my faith and go, okay, well, can I still be a Christian if I don't believe all these things over here? And I came to the conclusion that it is, for me, it's just a relationship with your higher power and your your God. And if you have that strong relationship, all the other noise doesn't matter. Um, but it but I but it was I yeah, I was it's been a few months of feeling quite sad about the situation that
2: yeah, because you know, then you like lose, the world, but
3: America's in, you know, and, yeah. Yeah.
2: well the problem is is like the religion has become now married to the politics where
0: and yeah, and it, to you being an American it has to be yes,
2: yeah, right. and it should crazy. be totally separate. Like politics should be here, religion should be here, or you know, belief system or whatever it is, like the two should not be intertwined. And like, honestly, like how, polit- I mean, I remember like w- growing up, like politics, sure, people had like opposing thoughts, but it never got like ugly the way it is now, oh. you know, where people mm-hmm. will literally kill each other based on like political beliefs and like how the religion has now been, you know, tied into that. So somehow we kind of need to get back to a place where, you know, things are separate. And I think too, like, Even looking at our political system and like people in, you know, this party and that party, there are so many shared, I feel like common, like when you get down to it, there -hmm. are basic shared commonalities that everybody has Mm -hmm. and they jump on these like bandwagons of these parties and they go extreme one way, extreme this way and like it, yeah, it's branding. It, it's right? branding. No one even
3: knows the minutia of each policy. That's what's so crazy. It's true. Like, they don't, read they don't really know no. the fine print. They don't
0: know what they They just think about. it's an idea, right?
3: right? So when they all get very virtual signaling, like this is the idea, this is the idea, but no one actually knows what the idea is based in and how it can affect and kill people you know and we don't talk about it we don't talk about that we just talk about the bigger thing and we're and my Mm -hmm. husband's very much about like let's really get down to the nitty gritty and what and even on both sides what does this really mean Uh what does this really look like and what is the actual facts because we get so emotional which and then when you're so emotional and so angry you're just loud Mm-hmm. And it's like let's 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 find out what's really happening, and then figure out how we can support change. And like let's do something. Let's do yeah. something.
0: The and system. All- the system is geared towards towards polarizing everybody to mm-hmm. m- manipulate them in that way. I th- think you're absolutely right. But then and then it is. It's like branding. It's mm-hmm. like the for the same reason the algorithm pushes certain rhetoric and and to to certain people's algorithms, and then mm-hmm. rhetoric to the other one. You know, it's 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 really, you're absolutely right. It's about that centered thought. I also had a thought, sorry. Go ahead. Like I'm that
3: center thought? What no, yes, I got about. it. I got it back. I got it back. <laughs> it was like,
0: Tama, like when you were talking about how you argue now, I'm sure not a lot, but with your husband and how you were saying how like, you can look at the problem as sort of like, like just the problem or you can take yourself out of it and then try to find that solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brennan and I do the same thing where it's like, dude, that's wasted time. That's the way we look yeah. at it. Cause we're so fucking tired that it's yeah. like, is there a solution at the edge of this car con- at the end of this conversation? Because we don't have the time to have these kinds yeah. of conversations. Mm. Sorry. Um, but that's the same thing. It's like, time is of the essence in terms of, you know, all sorts of American thought and principles and mm. just the voting days that go by or when somebody's in office and what they push through by certain dates, there's a timeline involved, but it's, it's sad that we can't try to all come together. Like you were saying, Roxy, with the commonality, community is the basis, excuse me, community is the basis for all of that progress forward for us as a nation, for sure. It's it's coming together. It's not, it's not falling apart.
2: Well, that's the thing too. It does, it behooves them to keep us apart and like polarized and hating each other because then that feeds into the beast even more. And it's more, you know, ads on TV and it's more political things. And it's more like, garbage and like this and that, and it's just like a never ending cycle. And I've always said, I'm like, we just need a new party, a party of common sense. Yes, my husband feels the same
0: way. I can't, yeah, I I agree.
2: Does this work? Does it not work? Like, you know, just really, and like, I think more people in like, just in general are more kind of in the middle, you know, like take things from both sides and like see what's good here and what's there. And there's so many people in the middle yet. Nobody ever plays up to people like, you know, me and then whoever else, you know, would kind of fit into that. You know, they're always playing to this side, that side, that side, that side. And it's like, it, it's just a vicious cycle. You know,
0: we should be hip to this by now. Like we really, I mean, but millennials are the first to have experienced so much. I mean, granted, knock on wood, we haven't experienced okay. a, a world war yet, but like, you know, from 9-11 on, it's like okay. w- recession and everything else that we've experienced, we experienced a world where there was no internet. Okay. And it's like, we are that Oregon drill generation and mm-hmm. our whole, our whole sort of era of people from the elder millennials, like okay. me, 38, or the younger ones that are more Uh, like aware of gender fluidity and all that stuff Mm -hmm. it's like they're they're we are a very diverse group but i i think we're all that like mind of like can we just figure this shit out because we've seen too much in our lifetimes for things to go even worse Mm -hmm. you know like how
2: much
3: worse
2: (laughs) no just gonna say how much worse can it get you know i hate to say that but i'm like
0: you know, oh, I bet like, it
3: could get a lot more worse. <laughs> But I, I feel like everything is because I've had anxiety my whole life mm-hmm. and I have to constantly move myself out of fear-based mindset. Mm-hmm. It's, this is what the problem is, you know, to come together, you can't be afraid. And I think we're all just living in fear all the time. Mm-hmm. Fear, fear, fear. And yet you're saying that we all want the same thing. All we want is safety. All mm-hmm. we want is our family to be okay, and mm-hmm. all we want is our is our health. Like that's real. That's really all there is, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff is just again, like I said, it's just just noise. noise. Mm-hmm. It's just noise,
0: noise, noise. So before,
3: before, because I don't, we don't have you forever, even though we want you forever. Yeah. I really oh, wanted to talk. We'll come back, about, please don't
0: leave us.
3: <laughs> I will. <won't. laughs> I really wanted to talk about something that I've struggled with my whole life, but I wanted to hear it from your perspective. So. You were a very big child star. Um, I came from an acting career as a child actress. And then it took a while for me to understand or like to even be okay with or to accept the fact that I came from like these, these huge shows with some of the people who are all on the same scale as me. And then they start working and like becoming like these A-list actors and I'm still fighting the fight every day just to get a job. And then I went through a whole decade of like, well, what did I do wrong? Was I not as talented? Um, Did I not meet enough people? Why was I not lucky enough? Mm. And I've always been a workhorse. I've always had to work. It's never been easy for me. So do you look at that stage and feel any, resentment or feeling bitter, or are you accepting- Currently? Or just like that whole oh, after, yeah. after that all went down. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was on a show called Even Stevens where Shia LaBeouf got his start. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I don't, that's either good nor bad, I guess at this point with, with the way his, you know, public life has led mm-hmm. us all to understand him as, which, you know, when he was young, I was definitely aware of his home life situation. Um, his, uh, father, who was his court ordered chaperone, uh, which I did not know by the way, because it was, uh, uh yeah, we won't get into that, but you know, it, I, <laughs> I wouldn't want my kids around a court ordered chaperone if they were under age on set, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that was, you know, I guess it was a different time. Um, and it was his father. So I think that they kept an eye on it, but he was around all the time. And so. Um, I was made aware that that didn't feel like my household, although my household had its own sort of issues and abuse. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, when you're a young kid and you're working in an adult environment, being held to standards that are out of your, you know, out of your control and also out of your like maturity level of comprehension, um, I don't think that it's fair now looking back to hold yourself to adult standards of comprehension, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't working in other adult capacities and that I was entitled to those jobs. For a long time, I felt entitled. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, that was all sort of this inner critic that was just being fed by the ego, like, you know, faster, faster, harder, harder. And so I lived a faster and faster, harder and harder lifestyle. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I thought that that would make me uh, more like you said, always ready, always available. So I never left LA, you know, I left for college. And what happened was, is when I did that, I felt like I was penalized because I was out there living my life for a year and a half and it didn't work out for me. You know, I got bullied in college. Um, I had a really bad relationship. And so w- right after my like freshman year, essentially, I went and did a Broadway show and it kind of escaped what I had thought would be the next chapter of my life, which be college. And Broadway sort of took me in and I had this amazing experience. And then I go back to LA and I'm 21 and I'm not a mentally or emotionally prepared to be an adult uh, working in the business. Mm-hmm. So there was a huge gap in my maturity that really transpired over those years that had I maybe stayed in Hollywoodland and kept working right after my Disney stuff, I could have probably found myself on another show, even if I wasn't the star. I could have probably, you know, become a journeyman, like you were saying, a workhorse. I would have probably continued to do that. But there would have been challenges in that way too. So it's like they say that hindsight is 2020. And I I think that hindsight is 2020 as long as you get the help you need. Mm-hmm. and i did and i have and that for me has been sobriety for you know over 6 years now and i i feel so grateful for that and i'm i cling to it because it it is the gift that never stops giving as long as i try to learn more about myself and where i've come from so yes i was bitter for quite some time but me now looking at that it's that i was i i i didn't have any role models I had no mentorship. You know, there was no rehabilitation for a person like me to be able to say, well, don't worry, because if you don't want to act, here's a life that you could have, or here are the steps for you to financially set yourself up to not have to feel like you have to keep taking jobs and live in LA. And, you know, when I look back, one of the things I am a little sad about, two things actually. One is that my mom mismanaged my money. So I didn't actually get a house. And so I didn't really get set up to have any kind of an asset from all of that, you know, in and out money because it comes in and it goes out. Um, and secondly, you know, I didn't get to really travel as much. Um, I didn't have a reason to go to other countries. And so I just kind of was bouncing around from New York where my family's kind of from to LA. And I felt like that was sexy and cool. And like, I was where I needed to be at any time. But I think what like my inner child would have wanted was to keep the magic alive for myself, you know? Um, and in some ways I feel like that was, that my options were not presented to me and therefore kind of taken from me.
2: You know, it's so interesting too, because we've had other, you know, child actors come on the show and talk about their experiences. And I always like to ask them because, you know, like you're saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back, I mean, was it worth it? Was it worth it to kind of go through all the things that led you to where you are today? Like, would you, knowing what you know now, would you have followed in the same path and, you know, done the acting thing at a young age and like, kind of like followed in that way?
0: Um, I, okay. So what did the, what do the other child actors usually say to you? I'm curious. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Like we or Tamman, like what have you said?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like Tamman too. I
3: definitely would have done it over again. I Mm. have you know indelible scars. Like I, you know, I really hurt my body from Mm. 15 to 23 physically. I lost teeth. I lost my stomach lining. I was and I suffer from something called CEM, which is childhood emotional neglect, not from my parents, but from my work, because I was like probably just under 90 pounds and throwing up between takes and no one said anything. Like everyone knew I was sick, but for three years it was cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know how I could have been that thin and no one have like checked in, I lived on, Diet Coke and rice cakes for three years. And, you know, so.
0: Okay. See, this makes me so mad. (laughs) I know, right?
3: So So I have this thing where I'm like constantly like, you know, I don't feel safe. And that's probably where a lot of my anxiety came from. And again, it wasn't, my parents said, go act because I wanted to act. I, they gave me that opportunity. They were there for me. They supported me, you know, and I don't think back then anyone kind of knew what to do like right now i'm so in tune with my children and their emotional state like i'm like how are you feeling what do we do like i would be oh, the yeah. first person to get them into therapy if they needed yeah. to the way i talk about food is very specific we don't say food's good or bad we say food is just lots of different foods that make up your body and you feel different ways i love that, we, I don't love that. Really, we don't like bow down to sweets or to good food. We kind of just food is food. We talk about fat all the time. She goes, Mom, am I fat? I go. I've got fat on me you've got fat on me it's not good or bad it's just everyone's got it dad show me your fat and he's like so it's like fat yeah This like oh my goodness someone's like depoliticized the fat yeah and so someone said it, yeah. to like yeah. phoenix's friend he said oh that girl's fat and phoenix just goes it's just a thing it just is what it is and the guy oh my like, god was his mind blown he was like well, what do you mean and she goes it doesn't make you a good person or a bad person it hell just, yeah it's just like cells in your body and he's like are you so proud oh. I was like yes <laughs> and like we didn't you know our parents generation didn't have tick. like I know that sounds silly but like I learned so much from TikTok and social I know. media as much as it's, it's detrimental it's also, yes it's, it's also great for me yes um but would I do it again yes I just wish that maybe it was it wasn't in the nineties, you know, maybe it
0: was in the Paris Hilton, starving heiress, you know, like, yeah, like body bad. image isn't for yeah. you. Oh my no. God. It, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, I, uh, uh yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Mm. And, 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 and it's because I'm in recovery that I am so focused on my present that To say that that could have been is, uh, for me, and this is no uh, discount of your question, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a useless exercise for me Mm -hmm. because it doesn't help me heal. My entire life now is geared towards advocacy for this new generation Mm -hmm. of children that every day are still unprotected virtually from Mm -hmm. having mentorship, having advocates that are on set because let's let's call it what it is like the the the, t- the teachers on set are just glorified like uh like crew workers because they don't really care about the children they'll forge hours they'll work with you know producers to do whatever and say whatever and they won't uh, if you were throwing up in the bathroom they won't come and try to try to really or they won't be trauma certified right like they won't understand what it means to engage with the parents or to alert a social worker through the Screen Actors Guild. None of these protections are in place. So if you were to ask me, hey, would you put your kids in it? I think that would be a more useful exercise. I would say absolutely not with the way that it is right now. Um, If there were protections that I, I, I would absolutely put my name and my legacy and my reputation on the line, which I'm currently trying to do with like minds, which you know, like with Tamman, I'll be knocking on her door. But I'm 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 trying to find other people. And so right now I've got Alison Stoner who was an actress I had on my podcast and she was a big Disney star. I've had um you know Mara Wilson who wrote a book about this, who you should also have. She's awesome. She was the little girl in Mrs. Doubtfire and then mm. became a writer. And so there's a lot of people who are coming out not to be blacklisted. Like nobody's interested in like whistleblowing to the point where they wanna, you know, that's rare, right? Where we have these people like a Dan Schneider where people are coming out from all the Nickelodeon days and talking about this producer who did some really questionable things and is actually living in, in Tennessee or something. So there's, there, it's not about whistleblowing which I think like when we talk about living in fear so many of these executives that work for, you know all these different networks, not just the big two, right? I think they're scared to engage with someone who's been there and seen it because they're like, well, you're just bitter. Well, you're just, you know, you're crazy. You're just a drug addict, Corey Feldman. You're just uh, you know, whoever. Um, So now we have this new generation of educated, um, healed people who are able to aggregate their followings and talk about mental health in a destigmatized way. So I talk about it, I know other people who talk about it, but what's most important is that there are there's actual either legislation eventually, but programming that 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 can be, you know, put in place. Right now Sag does have something called the Looking Ahead program where they asked me to be on the advisory committee. But it's a useless exercise to be like, okay, well, well what about then? It's like, dude, all I'm focused on right now is like, how do we prevent, how do we help now and do, and just so you know, Roxy, like doing that is, is so healing for me. Yes. Um, because I, I, I truly feel like that is
2: me listening to my higher power. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, that's, that's amazing. You know, and it- <laughs> going back to like, even last night when I was at this event, it was interesting because you're saying like the two generations now are different because the younger, you know, generation are more educated and like looking to, you know, hopefully a different future. But um, there was a young girl who was currently on one of the big twos who was telling me about some of her experiences and the way she kind of talked about it and how, you know, she said something to somebody in the higher ups, you know, and, and, really got things sort of, you know, straightened out, you know, and really helped with her own mental health. But then at the very same event last night, I saw another actress who we all know who has been troubled for years and just, you know, seeing sort of her and just, yeah, she didn't have the mentorship. No, no. And that's what's so, it, it was so crazy to see the two generations like next to each other at the same event, how one sort of was you know, handling her own, you know, things that she was dealing with and then somebody else. And it's just really sad, you know?
0: Oh yeah. I think the other thing I want to mention um, is, um, and I guess this is my current like me nerding out because I care so much about this, right? But Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's data guys. There's no data that collects how many tarot reads there are. You know, or um, if they would, you know, if if there's no survey that asks these child actors, hey, we're 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 doing a survey now that you're, you know, of age. What are your reflections on your experience? But there will be because if there's one thing I want is I want to get this data Um, because I think that with data you will be able to produce so many more results on a legislative level or even just working with, you know, SAG. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I, think that this is a, this is a conversation worth having. Cause when you think about it, these people literally, they donate their childhoods, mm-hmm. um, for a price point that whoever takes a part of the agents take their commission and the parents take their monies and everything gets distributed essentially, but their child it's on the backs of people's childhoods. Mm-hmm. And even if like with Intamin's case, like she wanted it, that's amazing, but mm-hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't change just the the basic fact that that was the era of her of her lifespan and and that was that time frame and so she she may be you know fulfilled in that regard and then for every person that feels that way which there are many that do feel that way there's so many that feel like that was taken from them mm-hmm. so it's like you know payback is not the word you know what I'm saying or um mm-hmm. not reparations but like you know giving them something closure wise, that's not even possible, Mm -hmm. but maybe the data will be, maybe just having a survey so that they feel like they can contribute anonymously Mm because so many of these people live in fear. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's kind of shitty. Even that
3: aside, I got my brain scanned and I actually think that being a child actor or having anything to do with a rush of dopamine at a very like
0: high-performing,
3: high high-performing job. You're very young and your brain is very impressionable. Your brain is not fully formed until it's 25. So say these like very immature brains around the age of of nine to 16, 17 are getting these massive rushes of dopamine. And it's not like dopamine. I went to a movie. It's not a dopamine, a boy kissed me. It is, it is 10 times the level of normal dopamine rushes. So yep. what starts to happen is like when I got my brain scan that scan, there's, there's, there's sections in my brain that have been damaged and I have not been an alcoholic or a drug addict, um, but they, it kind of looks like I have because I'm constantly, because wow. what alcohol does is it raises that dopamine, right? It yeah, raises the yeah. really fast. And that's why I watch these TikToks and I say, why does my girlfriend turn into like some crazy bitch when she drinks? It's because her dopamine is, is, is literally raised five times its normal dose. And then when you stop drinking, it gets lower than what it like the average baseline is. So what happens with kids, musicians, whatever it is, it's get like this huge rush. And then you, and that's why depression is so prevalent and anxiety what happens is when that dopamine levels out you're constantly trying to find it and that is why so many child actors go to drugs that's why so many go to alcohol that's why so many go to sex addiction or whatever it is whatever with gambling whatever you can do to get that rush because you can't get it from like a they call it like what like our medicine is supposed to be something called a dopamine drip from now on we're supposed to go okay well we're going to go hold my husband's hand outside Mm. for an hour because you start to get little drips of dopamine instead of that rush again but yeah it's like your brain is damaged as you get older if you start getting that dopamine rush really young
2: so the yeah, re- the repair to that would be like to kind of slow the
3: dopamine drip, yeah, because okay. I'm really into this stuff. And
0: well, and that's why I said like rehabilitation, it's like that, that yeah. should be a part of that. Brain scans should be a right. part of that. It should, so I- I've I- never
3: taken medication because I'm just trying to do it in another way, yeah. But Medication gives you kind of that constant level of serotonin and dopamine that right. you're missing. Um, but that's why, again, when you say like you've had moments of depression, it's only because, and you'll feel it too. Like once you've done like 10 TikToks, you'll get that rush. Right. And that's why people are addicted <laughs> also to their phones and social media is because an, every time you flick, you get a dopamine hit.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's I have an underperforming, you had, but you'll
3: still get like, you'll still get a dopamine hit. And that is the addiction of social media.
0: Yeah. Cause everyone wants to go viral. And if you have an under, I'm guilty of it too. If I have an underperforming TikTok uh, and my husband who's my producing partner by the way and he's my brand strategist and he's amazing and he'll like privatize some of them because he's like look if we have sponsored content we need to see that only the really high performing ones show up and I'm like the yeah. normal non emotional reaction would be like absolutely that's the that's the rational thing you know what i mean like, but uh-huh, like good enough like why Yeah but that? then all yeah. the other shit comes up and you're like but 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 i put in time and effort yeah so well, my like, reels to.
3: Get to like eight million, and now it's like depending on the algorithm, um, it gets to like two hundred thousand, and then I hate myself. And then mm-hmm. one got to a, like a brand came to me recently and was like, yeah, it underperformed at one hundred and fifty thousand. I'm like, what are you expecting?
0: Like, yeah, unless,
3: unless you're putting paid advertising behind it, 150,000 uh-huh. to fifty thousand saw this thing.
0: Like that's the. Go- I can do about it. No one's no. gonna be like, yay, this ad. Like, let's just keep re-watching and sharing. Like, uh, so annoying. So annoying, so annoying. And what should what it should matter is that you made an authentic, especially being a name person, which is kind of the way that we always pitch things because we're not ex- like we're not exclusively influencers right where it's like you know, yeah. you're a Utah Mormon mom who's a millionaire and has the perfect house and all that right. Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so if you're not that person and you're not living for that but you're making really great content which I know all of your stuff is amazing and Roxy I just followed you as we were
1: talking so excited
0: to see your stuff but it's like you're making you're taking the time and making fun stuff interesting stuff so I think as a brand they should know that like better content from from actors and actresses who are like name Mm -hmm. brands or Mm -hmm. household names like that, who cares how it performs? You have a, a celebrity endorsement for a fraction of the price than Zendaya or somebody mm-hmm. else. So. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. The different kind of sale. Mm-hmm. So That's your just-
3: husband, does he do everything that a brand manager would do? So you don't have, so he is your brand manager, meaning he's the one who pitches everything. He's the one, or do you also have that as well?
0: So, um, I started doing social media a few, Oh God. Okay. When I got pregnant, I wanted free baby stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't have a show on the air. And so I didn't have a publicist to push me. And I was like, okay, what do we do? And so I a friend of mine, <laughs> he's a sweet gay guy. And he was like, honey, I get free speedos if I just like post it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. So I, I started down that very, you know, slippery slope of 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 sponsored content. And originally it was for just baby stuff. But then I was like, oh. I got paid for something that took me from an apartment in, it was like a 12 month deal with a toy brand. And, and um, it took me from you know, my apartment in West Hollywood to a home in Orange County. And I was like, now I can have my baby and my baby can be you know, in a more comfortable mm-hmm. environment. And what a blessing this is. So we started working together after that when we saw the ramifications
3: mm-hmm. of what
0: could be. And ever since then, we've been growing and building and it takes time to learn, especially because this whole world has grown so much in the last, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, five, five years, really. So yeah, we've been, um, he's my my brand manager, but now he really is, I call him my producing partner because we Mm -hmm. did YouTube, we launched YouTube and we would do these different quote unquote formats where. One, I think we reached out to you was that cooking show. It was a nostalgic Mm. cooking show and we would sit together and we'd have development meetings. And all the while we still cold call or cold DM on our own behalf, Mm. people that I will see in the grocery store or people that have posted and we will go for them because we know they have budgeting dollars. So we try to really synthesize our brand strategy and it's, hard work it's daily work, work. yeah it's yeah. having a green screen in your downstairs you know pool room or whatever this is and 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 you know it's just it's a full-time job mm-hmm. as they say and you invest the... your own money in,
3: into it too oh no, like, we
0: have we definitely like... not just the equipment and stuff like that but the time you know if 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 you are doing this as a full-time job you do need to have child care and mm-hmm. um and so I, I love it. I truly do. I feel like it's given me permission to be home with my kids and, um, and, uh, actually rebrand myself and, and get to know people better. So Mm -hmm. I have no complaints. I I hope this keeps going. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always like, you're
1: going (laughs) to drop
0: like, I'm happy. Like I love my fans. So like, let's just keep this going. How
2: How is it working so closely with your husband? Because I know in the past, like, in a different capacity my husband and I sort of tried to work together and yeah. for us it didn't really work because we sort of need a little bit of distance in our relationship to like come back together and be like excited to be together and I think yeah. the pandemic too like that definitely oh, yeah. threw things for a loop but how is that like working so closely to them like what do you guys do to kind of keep things you know because it is important too to keep like your business life separate than your like personal life even when you work together you know
0: yeah i mean we're at that point now where we we really like like chip and joanna we're very much like that where he's like very masculine like he was a marine he's got tattoos and like i let him be like really masculine Mm -hmm. um i think that's like one of my marriage secrets is that I let him bro out where he needs to. Like, oh, he wants to go. He wants to go on a hunt. He wants to move to Texas. Like, he wants to do these things. So, I just, and my like, husband's like, "I want him. a truck," and I'm like, "Okay, I don't want to get in a
3: truck yet." Okay.
0: <laughs> it's like I just let him do his shit because he's a good man, right. and he's very competitive with himself. And yeah. so when he started like making these deals. He was like, "Yo!" He was like, you know, I love yes. this. <laughs> yes, he was like hooked immediately, and I was like, "Yes!" And he's like, "And I'm helping you, mm. you know, inform people of your talent and yourself, and like I can help you get the spotlight." And I don't really need the spotlight, but, but like everything serves each other, and and it's grown, and 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 so like I said, when we do our development meetings, we do try to keep authenticity mm. as like the main component, right? Where like. You know it's only been a handful of times when he's brought something to me and I've been like yeah no that's not me like I'm not gonna oh, go yeah, for yeah. that oh. yeah um but 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 it's always a conversation and always too like look at I don't need to give my commission out to somebody like mm-hmm. this commission is in-house yeah. like everybody benefits from this so we keep all of that in in mind you know what I'm saying so that like and we're, we're I think we're really scrappy because mm-hmm. you know we he we both have film school ba- degrees and backgrounds and We come from, you know, like broke homes Mm -hmm. where, you know, we are helping our our family members now. And it's like, that's great. But like, we were never taught that financial fluency. And so it's like, we're, we're scrappy. Like, we're just trying to make this
3: happen. I've been there. (laughs) My husband used to do all my deals too until he decided to become a film director and actually make big movies. It's like I so mad. <laughs> I'm I like, what about, about me? You. He's like, you have a whole team. I'm like, I know, but I still want you to be like saying
0: that you're helping me. <laughs> I bet you, Tammy, if you came to him with puppy dog eyes and you're like, babe, this is a really big deal, you he wouldn't. Me? He'd be like, really? um, Oh come on, He's so done, I,
3: My brand manager is everything. She's just oh, that's perfect. I never want to leave her. I never want her to leave me. I hope she hears oh, this. She is. That's amazing. She came from a really big agency and then uh-huh. started by herself, and she's got six of us. Oh, that's
0: amazing. How I did you her, find
3: her? So I was with this big agency and okay. I okay the agency, but she left them. Oh, and, okay. And I was like, I can't leave you. Like, I can leave uh-huh. the agency, but I can't leave you. But like, the deals, what's so great about her is I'm able to do like three amazing, I just did Evie on like three big deals instead of lots of little like fight for everything. Yes, yes, and And then have some more time to create because that's really what I'm I'm about creative and then getting to work with brands that I love but I got, I never want her to leave me. So, so, that's but um, amazing. But yeah, my husband's now to making movies. So, <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey, and that's the other thing I will say. So he's now really starting to do this podcast. He has a podcast studio downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And originally it was just for me. And we realized that that wasn't what we wanted to do um, yeah. all the time. So now I am back in studio, but he's now he's now created his own ventures and he is starting to like go off on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think if I, to be honest with you, Tam, and I think it's the same thing. If I had somebody to do a good, a job as him, yeah, he, he would probably do it, but he's been playing with maybe opening up his own agency. Oh, um, mm-hmm. it, it would be so good. And I just, I support him in all his endeavors, especially when they're away from me um mm-hmm. and and uh Seemed
3: like a really good wife I need to be better no I, absolutely I, not just like I just let him grow out I'm like oh I, he wants to see my husband got an earring about three three years ago and I was really insecure because I just had linen and I just didn't feel comfortable my own body and then he had this big diamond earring in his ear and I was like I, bit- I, I I said to him I I said I forbid you <laughs> wear that so that he couldn't wear his earring and then like And then he wanted like his hats, all these things that I've said no to, but as I get older, I'm just like, I just, whatever, whatever you want. If you want a truck and a hat, he wears black, all he wears is black t-shirts. That's it. And he said, he goes, I it's like Einstein. I'm like, honey, you're not. And he's like, just, he's, <laughs> I said, I've got way too much in my brain, and so I just, so all he wears is black t-shirts, and then I have to fight him on date night not to not just wear a blue shirt,
0: <laughs> right? Because you're like, I don't want to have to see. I don't it wanna see oh, want to see another I want variation. Yeah,
3: but <laughs> you're right, just like letting letting them like accepting them for who they are, because that's yeah. oh, me sorry. for
2: everything. Like, you,
1: like he you, never he,
2: tries to change me. Yeah, like if we want acceptance, we have to accept them, and that's like sometimes the hardest thing to do. You know, it's like because you. Want I, have to- bar, <laughs> I have
0: a very low bar, guys. I have a very low self-esteem and a low bar. <laughs> I'm just grateful that he married me. I played a numbers like, game. He loves me, and he's
3: cute, and I like got cute yeah. kids.
0: It's all good. Yeah, hey, you know, just <laughs> I'm just lucky to be here. You know, but that might be it. I'm, I'm I might need to ask more questions, but I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
3: Well, thank you so much for coming. We could talk for like three more hours. I mean, when we're in LA, you, we can- Yeah,
0: let's talk. Yeah, let's have you try to come on our, you know, for Vulnerable in Studio because we should talk more about what your experience was with that stuff. It's important to to spread awareness. It's a big- Although at some
3: point though, like, and I'm starting to get there, you know, Mm -hmm. I I said to my husband, we can make excuses for our past for so long, right? And that's whatever. At some point- we just got to it let go.
0: it go. I know I'm almost there. I'm almost and be there. like,
3: <laughs> I'm not her. I'm not her anymore. Yep. She's not me. Yep. I'm not the girl that was bullied at 200 pounds and told that I was a loser. I haven't been yep. that girl mm-hmm. for 23 years. So like yeah. identifying with her.
0: Oh, that'd be amazing actually to talk about that because it, it, that's a new take. That's a good take to have. That might be a lot of why child actors don't talk about their past too.
3: Yeah. I'm um, in this like, era in my life where I'm just like, I just want to enjoy my life. Yep.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah they say, I get that. They say you're supposed to talk to your inner child, like that child that, you know, got hurt or scarred or whatever. Uh-huh. And I did this exercise with my therapist and it actually worked where, you know, she was like, you have to talk to the child because I have really bad medical anxiety, like health anxiety. My dad's an oncologist and it's like, you know, Mm. all my life, I grew up like hearing about cancer and like all these Mm. things. And so I have really Mm. bad medical anxiety. And she's like, you need to sit and talk to that child inside of you and say, it's okay. You're going to be okay. Like you don't have to question every test or get every test or think that something is like, like, you know, life or death, horrible that's going on. She's like, you got to release that. And it actually changed my exact, like, the, the the anxiety and everything for me it was so powerful like i was surprised by talking to my inner child that yeah. that could actually do something you know yeah
0: yeah emdr too i've been i've been playing mm-hmm. that, oh yeah i hardly. talked about it on my instagram emdr oh yeah mm-hmm. emdr well i thank thank you thank you for chatting with me this has been really like the best chat because it wasn't you know the way that i do it now i'm rethinking it because i'm always so like focused about of the questions and like that's the, what we
3: started to yeah we were always about asking questions and now it's kind of just like let's just see where it goes these,
0: i think <laughs> i think you're right i think these probably make the best podcast because people can get to know us for real and yeah. thank you for the time and this was a lot of fun well thank you so much i like your brown hair Oh, thanks. It's going to wash out though. It's going to wash out. There's blonde <laughs> underneath. It's just, but it's, just
3: accept yeah. it. And you don't, okay, you okay. do what I do, which is kind of like, I know, but it's fuzzy. Just go, you know what? Take the compliment and just be like, great. Right, yes. I like your glasses, that's but I wear contacts too. Don't worry. I don't always wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like just yes, accept. Thanks Tammin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually going to go pink when I'm done. Yes. That's so cool. I love, that's awesome. going to look great on you. Yeah. Awesome. And then maybe it I'll- washes out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chrissy, tell so everybody, much.
2: tell everybody where you, we can find you.
0: Of course, guys, you can find me on YouTube and you can find my podcasts. I have two. One is the one we spoke about vulnerable. um, That's on Apple and Spotify and anywhere that you can find your podcasts. Um, But then I also have an iHeart radio podcast with Will Fridell from Boy Meets World, which is animation focused. And um, if you like fun, you know, information about huge, iconic um, voices of, you know, like Mickey Mouse and, Mm -hmm. you know... um, Rugrats and all that stuff. I I interview all those people with Will and it's a a really good, fun, nerdy time. And so it's a very different one and that's on iHeartRadio as well and all places where you can find podcasts. And that's called I Hear Voices. But otherwise I'm on TikTok and Instagram and I have a lot of fun there. So come follow me.
3: And you're almost at a million.
0: Girl, do you know I am almost there? Can we just- (laughs) We deserve it. I know. And then you know what
3: sucks is you'll get to a million because I've done that with Instagram and like, You feel like really great for like a second, and then you're like, Oh, I thought it was gonna feel better than
0: that. <laughs> bet. You're like, "All oh, oh, that work.
3: And then you're like, I feel like I'm the same person. <laughs> you're
0: like, Now it needs to be 2 million. Jesus, I you're what am like, gonna do? Oh, now, now what? <laughs> yeah, yes. But sometimes,
3: like okay. things like I just got one video that hit 10 million, and I felt wow. nothing. <laughs> I felt nothing. I'm almost addicted to the ones that do 50,000 because I'm yes. like, I'm addicted to that dopamine pain because you get dopamine from pain too. Oh. So um, that's why, like when I'm not fight like when everything's going great, sometimes I pick a fight mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, but because I want that <gasps> dopamine rush. Oh my god, um, you're right. Yeah. So you get like really angry when sometimes everything's perfect. Um, and so I, yeah, didn't get that dopamine rush from the 9 million, but definitely did for the 50,000.
0: So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we are complex creatures. Yes. Yeah. I'm constantly yes. trying to fail, <laughs> but we need each other. We need each other. We need to support each other. That that much. I know from everything we talked about today. One hundred percent. Well, thank I you. I love so you guys.
3: guys. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and comment. We are women on top official on
2: Instagram and women on top podcast on Facebook. And I am and Sersok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women and
1: then, on On oh, top! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.